Hi there, and welcome to this week's edition of A Life That's Good. I'm Phil Maine. June is Pride Month, and a lot of people and communities across Canada recognize Pride Month. It's a time when we celebrate the diversity of LGBTQ plus communities while acknowledging their history, the hardships they've endured, and the progress that's been made. Pride is all about being seen and celebrating who you are. When asked about the history of Pride, often the first thing that comes to people's minds are the Stonewall Riots, also called the Stonewall Uprising that began in the early hours of June 28, 1969 in New York City. Canada, however, has its own rich history and turning points in the struggle for an eventual celebration of LGBTQ plus rights. The most well-known of these are the Toronto Raids, which led to riots that turned into what is today a vibrant Pride Festival. That was one big turning point in our history, but of course, there have been many, many others. In May of 1969, Canada decriminalized acts between consenting adults with the passage of the Criminal Law Amendment Act, first introduced in December of 68. It received royal assent on June 27th, one day before the Stonewall riots took place in New York. In August of 71, about 100 people from Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto, and the surrounding areas gathered in the pouring rain at Parliament Hill for Canada's first gay liberation protest in March. They presented a petition to the government with a list of 10 demands for equal rights and protections. Simultaneously, another much smaller group of roughly 20 or so activists demonstrated at Robson Square in Vancouver. The history, the struggle, it's expansive, and I encourage you to do a little research on your own. The truth is powerful. And today we're going to get into some of that truth. Two fantastic humans, Tim Damon of Godrich Pride and Fort Papalia of Kincardine Pride, are here to talk about two very important organizations that are working hard to make Midwestern Ontario a better place for all of us. It's Pride, and it's happening right now on A Life That's Good. It's Pride Month, and uh, in studio, Tim Damon. I said your name right? Sure did. Thank you, Godrich. And uh, Fort Papalia. I didn't ask you before. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Fort Papalia Kincardine. Two uh, Pride organizations. One is coming into its seventh year, and one is brand new. Right, Tim? Brand new, yeah. Yeah? How's that feel? Super exciting. How long has that been in the works? Oh, gosh. Last July. Really? So less than a year. I said, baby. Yeah, it's a little baby. It's a baby. <laughs> Fort, you uh, have been around for, you, you said six years, so you're in your seventh year? Correct. We started in, uh, we got incorporated as a not-for-profit in uh, February of uh, 2017. Okay. I want to get to know both of you uh, as individuals just a little bit. Uh, we talked uh, before Tim arrived, actually, about uh, you were a teacher for several years. Right. I taught at uh, St. Joseph's School in Port Elgin for uh, oh between 25 to 30 years uh, between various uh, other places um, in Bruce County with the uh, Bruce Gray Catholic School Board, mm-hmm. uh, teaching from kindergarten to grade 8 and special ed uh, right. literacy and you said your wife is still a teacher, and she's actually teaching today. Yes, right? I dropped her off at uh, St. Anthony's in Concordia, nice. and uh, she enjoys uh, supply teaching. Uh, we're both retired. Uh, she enjoys it still. And you're a runner. Yes, I uh, like to run and do some weights and some yoga and gardening and outdoor stuff. 
Where are you from originally? Were you born uh, in Hamilton? No, uh, oh, Hamilton. born in Hamilton. Yep, downtown, uh, old part of the city. Mm-hmm. I spent nine months there. My first job in radio was doing all nights in Hamilton. Oh, which radio station? It was CJJD at the time, which became... Uh, it went from kind of a pop station. Bob Rettina. Oh yeah, he uh, ran. Mayor, he was our morning guy. Okay, so, yeah, that was uh, he was on CHML. I yes. used to listen to CKOC. Yeah, that's how old I am. Top forty. Yeah. Used to wait, but for then those. they went country, and then they went all comedy, and then I don't even know if they're still there. They were in Jackson Square, in the mall downtown. Could be. It was a scary spot. I had left by then, I think. <laughs> maybe maybe you had. Uh, but that was that. And then I came uh, up here again, like, what, 30-some years ago. Uh, when did you move to the area then, just to start uh, teaching? Uh, I got a teaching job in Mild May in uh, January of 1978. Lovely. Yeah, and then uh, got a position in Port Elgin the following year mm-hmm. and uh, moved to Concordon with, with my wife and... Uh, been there since. Uh, raised our kids and been part of the community. And Nice. And Tim and uh, Millie are both sitting here going, wow, those guys are old. <laughs> I'm going, yeah, 70s. 1978, <laughs> great year. <laughs> so, Tim, yeah. where were you born? St. John, New Brunswick. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. And what brought yeah. you this way and when? So, I came to Godrich last June. Um, I had started working for Katrina Boss in April of last year after leaving a university job at St. Mary's. So I was working for her remotely in the spring of last year, starting then, doing marketing and admin work for her. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was pretty nomadic. So I was just kind of floating around from friends to friends and uh, wasn't really feeling rooted on the East Coast anymore. And I thought, well, I'm going to go on a little adventure. <laughs> so she says to me, Katrina says, why don't you come for a visit? So I hopped on a plane on June 7th from Halifax with a backpack, a yoga mat, and a laptop, and I landed in Godrich. And I kind of fell in love with it. It's easy to fall in love with Godrich, yeah. or Kincardine for that matter. The beautiful Lakeside. Towns. Easy to fall in love with Katrina, which I'm yeah, sure Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, she, uh, just a side note, author of one of my favorite books, What If You Could Skip the Cancer. Oh, brilliant book. Brilliant uh, book. Isn't it, though? Yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah. There's, our, there's our shameless plug. <laughs> So after landing here, I, I soon connected with Katrina's daughter, Taylor, mm-hmm. and I asked her, you know, is there any sort of pride presence in your own county? And she says, there isn't, but I'd love to get one going. And so about a month later, she and Matt Hoy and I, the three of us, sat down in Matt's living room and started talking about, well, let's organize a bingo event at the livery. Let's start there. And we're like, okay, is this the beginning of something? And we thought, really, you know, this really could be something for us. Um, we didn't, we weren't in a rush to build our board. We thought, well, let's start with the bingo event, get that going. And we had a town hall event, our first town hall event in August, at uh, the Maitland Me- uh, Medical Center, mm-hmm. and sixty-five people showed up for it. Nice. Wow. So it was all the talk about, you know, this is what we're doing. We're looking for volunteers, ideas, and it was really about like a store, like a idea sharing session with the community like what Mm -hmm. do you folks want to see within the community in terms of a pride presence and from that we actually got um, a great group of volunteers for the bingo event in addition to that we also secured a few more people that wanted to be on the board and so we had a really successful first event at the livery on october 29th 
had 180 tickets that sold out what? within a few days. Wow. So it was, Congratulations. It was epic. Thank you. Yeah, it was really, really wonderful. And then soon after that, we got together as a group. We decided who wanted to sit on the board, figured that out, got our bylaws sorted before the end of the year, and now we're off to the race with the Pride Festival. So... <laughs> We will talk a little later on in the conversation about some events that you both have coming up with your groups through June, because June is Pride Month. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe this is a weird question. I like to tell people that I'm recording everything, so we can edit out. If I ask a stupid question, we'll edit it out. <laughs> but um, to bring you both in here to make a perfect conversation about pride. I'll start with you, uh, Fort. What would that look like for you? What would you want people to know? What would you want to talk about? A perfect pride? Um, perfect pride conversation. What? Oh. There needs to be more, con- just like uh, we say a lot with mental health, keep the conversation happening. I think we need to keep that happening with a lot of um, causes right now where justice has lacked for centuries. Yeah. So I, I, I think a lot of the... Um, media focus and attention has been on urban pride events and reporting them as uh, a newsworthy event say mm-hmm. like you know what this is toronto pride and showing you know uh, sound bites and little clips uh, whereas i think rural pride is a completely different ball game rural needs and rural issues are very different than urban issues, I I believe. There is uh, a lot of maybe misinformation or lack of information or uh, it's just not on the radar for many people. You know, there are are many more. uh, There's a lack of resources and uh, things that are available uh, to people in the 2SLGBD community, families uh, who may have gender queer, trans kids, people who may consider moving here and wondering if they are in an isolated, homophobic community, possibly. Uh, so there are a whole lot of issues that need to be talked about and a lot of either misconceptions to be dispelled or just a lack of information that can be presented for people to say, oh, I didn't know that or, you know, discuss, you know, how it might impact them or not impact them. And Millie was nodding through some of that. You, You would agree with the whole information piece? information yet and definitely about rural needs being different. I've lived a lot of different places as you know and worked in Toronto in mental health and Orangeville in mental health and Walkerton you know like very different regions with very different needs and part of that is um, like Fort said like access to different things so you don't have the same safe spaces for queer folks to go, especially queer youth. And the healthcare system is very different. Looking at the overall healthcare, so accessing healthcare that's specific to your identity um, as well as to your gender and safe 
healthcare <laughs> is is huge. And I mean, there are so many different identities that don't necessarily feel seen or safe in rural communities purely because the mindset is different and I think the the overall pool is just different, right? You go to Toronto Pride and there's millions and millions of people. You go to Toronto in general, there's millions and millions of people that are all from different walks of life and that's normal and that's part of the great toss salad. Mm -hmm. But um, up here there's different and other the otherization of anything that's not kind of status quo around here, I think is very prominent just because your sample size is so small. Tim, you're a guy that's been everywhere, like a city, <laughs> small town. You, like you admitted to being a nomad. How do you mm-hmm. find it here compared to other places? Yeah, well, it's just really interesting hearing Fort Millie speak about you know the the needs of Huron County and how it differ from cities. Um, I spent the last ten years in Halifax and coming from a place that's very rich in resources and access to information for all areas of the community, really, especially the queer population. And then coming to Huron County and just really sensing that there's a there's a lack of information, there's a lack of resources. And, and like for me coming in, it's, it's really been about building community, building safe space for all people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think the, the resources and education are huge, and that's something that... Um, Huron County Pride, I know, is really invested in creating those resources so that they're available for the community. Amazing. We, we want to talk about some of the things that are happening now this month. Today is June 5th already, but I know we have, we have parades coming up and there are some other events going on, I think, in, in both towns. Is that correct? Like, who wants yes. to start? Okay. <laughs> Point at uh, each other. Yes, uh, we have, we've just had two drag bingo events at Grey Matter Beer. Um, the first one sold out within hours of being posted. <laughs> so we added a second one, and that sold out. So we're going to repeat it on June 11th at Grey Matter Beer. Uh, two drag bingo shows with a drag uh, performer from London coming up and doing that. And it was great fun. People loved it. It, you know, lots of laughs and fun and community and uh, gathering. Our big pride event, our pride parade and uh, festival on June 24th. Um, we've had to do a lot of tweaking and planning with the municipality because of the big downtown dig. We're not able to have our parade downtown as we usually are so we've had to make some adjustments and our festival will be down by the beach this year instead of victoria park so we'll have mcpherson park dunsmuir park the concarden pavilion that whole stretch will be uh you know pride festival and our first uh pride dance after it so everything's uh, hotter by the water <laughs> yeah it should be great and uh yeah it'll wow. be wonderful uh that's my wife right there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's said with shame or pride. I'm going to say Much, pride. much pride. Pride. So much true. pride. Yeah. It's all about pride. So what's going on in Godrich this month? Yeah. So leading up to the festival, we had a, we've had a series of um, 
town hall events. We've been getting out to places like Clinton, Bayfield, Exeter this spring leading up to the Pride event uh, to get a sense, you know, again, what are the needs and the resources that are wanted by the community for Pride Month. So let me see. On June 9th, we have a queer movie night at the Huron County Museum. That's the movie is going to be The Kids Are All Right, starring Annette Benning and Julianne Moore. Super excited about that. On June 10th is the Pride Festival. We're also working with um, the Bayfield Trail Association. They have a Pride hike happening at 10 a.m. in Bayfield. All the details for that are on our website. And then in terms of the festival, so the festival being in Courthouse Square from 9 until 5. We're not doing a parade this year. Uh, we'll look at doing that in, in next next year or the year after. Uh, but this year it's a festival in the square starting at 9 o'clock with yoga. Katrina and I will be facilitating that mm-hmm. practice. We'll be done up in drag, which will be a lot of fun. Okay. And then we'll be doing opening ceremonies with Jenna from Tourism at 10.30, uh, land acknowledgments. Jenna Uji. Jenna Uji, correct, yeah. We have our first drag show at 11. 12 o'clock, we have Bayfield Ukulele joining us on the stage, which is awesome. Drag story time is at 1 o'clock. 2 o'clock, we're doing a health experts Q&A panel on the stage. We also have another drag performance at 3, drag kings at 4, and then closing remarks and ceremony at the end at 5 o'clock, so... So much going on, huh? Yeah, lots yeah. to celebrate. Yeah, and then uh, we also have an, we'll have an artisan market, uh, info booths. We have community organizations that'll be there, set up with their tables and pamphlets and whatnot. So, really excited about it. That sounds great. Yeah. like to keep the vibe of this particular podcast as positive and happy as we can but whenever you're talking about something like pride or there's many many things there's always that element of backlash and I want to believe that there hasn't been any but I'm going to guess there's been a little bit has there do you want to talk about that or do you want to just Uh, well it's always a a dilemma of whether um, you want to give air to yes. the uh, to mm. exactly. the elements of uh, let's face it hate they're all aligned there's a big umbrella of hate uh, targeting various groups whether it's pride uh, or other marginalized minority groups that have been targeted historically you know so there's that dilemma do you want to give them air because that's what they're there for. They're there for the echo. They're there to get people riled up, and they don't really care how they do it, whether it's misinformation, inflammatory language, you know, or stuff like that. Or do you engage in a conversation which will likely not be productive because... Those people who are opposed will simply divert to another talking point. So it, it's it's that dilemma. Do you, there are haters, resistors who are actively trying to undermine any progressive steps uh, that a community takes, whether it's a town council, a school board, uh, a library. Um, and so on. So do you engage and make it a newsworthy issue for people? Like, 
both sides have good people kind of thing when no, it's not. Uh, who is looking to build a stronger, inclusive, positive community where the youth will stay and feel safe and valued. And mentally healthy. And mentally healthy. Yeah. Or will they flee to a city and you're left with the remnants and the, the city? Look at how, I may digress here, but look how cities vote. All the urban areas are all progressive. The rural areas are all not progressive. Part of that might be demographics. Youth leave. Why would youth stay, even if they weren't gender diverse? They leave for education. They leave for jobs. They leave for uh, relationships and socialization. And by making a regressive, closed community, you are basically kicking out your youth mm -hmm. unless they conform to you know, historical norms for that community. I've heard stories personally of kids who have been shunned, ostracized by their families, uh, living on the streets, living couch to couch because they've been ostracized, shunned, rejected by their community. And people I have known, and they were wonderful people when I knew them as teenagers, and now they've been rejected like so much uh, garbage. I would say that pride is, um, and we could discuss this a, a little more if you want to, but pride isn't just a movement. Pride is the answer to um, a need that we have as human beings to be kinder and more loving mm -hmm. towards each other and have community of all different shapes and sizes and colors and yeah, if I can sort of monopolize, yeah. and you might like to add or correct me, but I, I'm just having an issue with the pride movement. Just like any other system of values, people are going to be at different points in the spectrum, mm -hmm. different focuses, whether it's the whole issue of intersectionalities with uh, people of color, people who are disabled, women, other intersecting groups with pride. Mm -hmm. People do not just belong to one segment. You know, people can be, you know, black and gay, and, uh, you know, black woman and gay. We all belong you know, to humanity. Uh, yeah. Period. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there are many aspects to uh to pride and what really hurts me is seeing people who have the same overall desire goal mission purpose fighting or disagreeing amongst themselves rather than uniting and focusing on the bigger picture mm -hmm. your thoughts on all that do I get you? Sorry, you, you, yeah, you yeah no, it's all good. Don't get me started or something. <laughs> Throwing a lot out there. Tim? I think what's really interesting to realize is that humanity is constantly in a state of evolution. You know, and people that want things to be as they have been for however long are fooling themselves to believe that we aren't in a state of change. Mm -hmm. And what I find really interesting about hate speech is that it does spark conversation. It 
gives us, it, it it reminds us this is this is the like this is why we have things like pride in communities, especially in rural communities, so that we can educate, we can be a source where people can come, connect, feel safe and seen, and not hurt. So going back to the town hall events, uh, one of our town halls was actually canceled due to the weather this past winter, and prior to that. Uh, date. I had an interview with a newspaper editor about the event. We we're talking it up, and it was, you know, very positive. Uh, shortly after that, there was an article in the paper from a resident saying, "Keep this community the way it is. We don't need pride here. You know, basically, we're going to rally up people on our end to say no to you." Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling so. It was like this. The whole time leading up to this moment it's been very incredibly positive incredibly supportive it's like we were in this really warm lovely bubble <laughs> and then it was like yeah exactly pop hmm. <laughs> that was thank you <laughs> thank you to the uh foley artist <laughs> yeah. um and so i was thinking okay how do we move forward from here how do we actually move forward in a way that we can assert ourselves as human beings while still holding space for people to show up in a way they feel safe and seen. Mm-hmm. So we actually reached out to another pride organization, another rural pride, and said, you know, do you have any resources? And it was, it was Stratford Perth Pride, so AJ Adams. And a couple of us from the board, AJ, we sat around a call and chatted uh, about resource. How do we actually handle an issue if something does show up on our front door where people are rallying against us? You know, do we get the police involved? Do we get, do we reach out to other supports in the community? And so it really was good for us in that, okay, how do we fill our toolkit so that we have resources on hand in case anything were to go sideways? And so that was really informative. And, and you know, I circled back to the rest of the board and I said, this is our why. This is part of our why. We're, we're all on creating inclusivity in the community, safe space for everyone. Well, Fort and I talked about this a little bit before you arrived. And uh, Millie and I have talked about it lots of times, just about the generational differences. Fort and I are roughly the same generation. And uh, just how many times, um, Millie, that you've talked about your high school experience and the fact that there were a lot of kids in your high school who were out, right? At some level? At some level, In my generation, it was completely unheard of. I think when we were in high school, I look back in horror sometimes at how many kids did I make a completely inappropriate joke in front of in the 70s when I was, I'll use the word stupid. And I feel horrible about that. So I think that progress is happening it's just maybe brutally slow at times and thank god there are organizations like the ones you have to get that you know train rolling just a little bit quicker i hope yeah i definitely uh, agree with you i can't i don't recall like having grown up uh, uh going to high school in the early 70s and also uh an all boys catholic school in downtown hamilton uh, i don't remember knowing or thinking about anybody being gay in high school it just wasn't 
on the radar. You said an interesting thing when you got here, when we were just, uh, you know, talking before we started this about uh, somebody saying they didn't know anyone. Oh, right, who was yes. <laughs> yeah, I was in a, another discussion group, and one of the uh, fellows in it uh, was telling a story about meeting uh, a director someone a position of influence and the person said to him uh, oh you're the first gay person i've ever met <laughs> and uh, the fellow replied oh no i'm not <laughs> yeah you know and it just that just says so much do people feel safe being who they are or are they always having to feel watchful reserved uh, am i safe here in this place or with that person? Am I getting vibes from someone that I should be protecting myself somehow? But I also wanted to comment on something, if I could get back to something Tim mentioned about uh, A.J. Adams. I believe uh, he came out, he worked in Concordon. I have known him from uh, uh, about 2017 uh, when he did some photography and worked for one of our first sponsors there uh, before he moved to Stratford and uh, uh, headed Stratford Perth Pride. During COVID, when we couldn't do any gatherings, uh, A.J did uh, a three-part webinar which he uh, donated to Concordant Pride and it's still on YouTube the three-part uh, webinar called Out in the Country and it identified specific issues to rural prides uh, gave tools um, how to address those particular needs uh, and it's still online so if you uh, uh, if you search on YouTube Concordant Pride or just out in the country, uh, there should be a three-part webinar, or I can send you the link uh, after the show. So I don't know, uh, do we want to do some closing remarks? Anything you want to leave people with as just some final thoughts on Mm. what's going on in your hearts and minds these days with Pride? Yeah, go for it for it. Yeah, okay. No, I think Concordant Pride, we've been never, ever expected to be where we are today. We thought it would just be a one-time thing. We'll walk, you know, we'll see if a couple of friends can walk down the street with the Pride flag and to hope we don't get things thrown at us or something like that. And the outpouring has been just mind-boggling, just you know, uh, amazing. But what's even more amazing is that the supporters, and it's like 90 plus percent of the community out there supporting is allies and advocates, young families with kids, kids in strollers, all decked up in balloons and ribbons and rainbows and unicorns. And it's people just like like yourselves, who just want a better, stronger world for their kids to grow up in. They want their community to be more accepting, inclusive, diverse. That's the kind of community they want for their kids. And, uh, you know, I think that's key to, you know, uh, to our support. Well, I'm into that. Are you wishing you hadn't let him go first? No, it's all good. 
That was good. What are you thinking? Yeah, no, I, I just I just want to give a shout out to the organizations that we've been working with uh, leading up to this event. It's been amazing. So the Children's Aid Society are going to be part of the festival. Had a meeting with them a few weeks ago. Fantastic people doing really great things, uh, creating safe space for the LGBTQ2S plus people. Huron County Public Library, that has been a meeting place for us for our town hall events this past spring and winter. Super happy to have them on board. And then the library system uh, will be actually doing an experts evening um, my friend Jill uh, and I Jill is currently transitioning uh, so we'll be going in on the 21st of June to give a, a talk about our experiences as queer people uh, and the decal program that we have running as well so we have such a wonderful response in the community businesses families organizations that want to have the decal on their windows to say everyone is welcome here if you don't yeah, mind, if I could totally. add to that, exactly the same in Concordant. Like, without the support of the municipality has been on board, flying the pride flag mm -hmm. from 2017, major businesses and, like, mom and pop small businesses, all, once they realize that you're there, reaching out to you and saying, how can we help? How can we support? How can we be part of this? We love that you're here and doing this. It's That is just uh, so heartwarming and satisfying to get that support from community leaders and ordinary people. Thank you. Yeah, the municipality, uh, Godrich, actually, I was sitting in on a town council meeting with them in the winter and, sorry, not not council, um, Deputy Mayor Trevor Bazinet actually voted for $2,500 to fund uh, the Pride Festival this year. So that was, and the whole council was in favor of it too. So. Perfect. And you're sitting over there all quiet and reserved, but uh, what about you, Millie? Any final thoughts from you? I'm excited that there's Pride, especially for new Pride Festivals to start. Very exciting that they're on separate weekends so people can attend both. Mm -hmm. That almost never happens. <laughs> and no, I did want to ask Tim about the decals. Yeah. About how people get, get a hold of the decals and what mm -hmm. the, I guess, kind of like, what does that decal mean if a business does put one up in their window? Absolutely, yeah, thanks for that question. So in terms of getting in contact, uh, you can reach out to pridehuroncounting at gmail.com. One of our board members, Kathy Paquette, has been taking the lead on getting those decals distributed to organizations. In terms of what it means, um, so to get the decal, it's a you know, $15 sponsorship. Businesses or organizations receive a package of information of what it does What does it mean to actually create safe space for mm -hmm. people? You know, having accessible washrooms, having proper labels up on the on walls, and you know, even languaging. You know, pronoun usage after in, in email co correspondences. Uh, even using that on name tag, things like name tags, so the, those pronouns are visible. So really, about that education awareness piece. You know, it's it's one thing to put a rainbow up on your window. It's another thing to actually do the work in yeah. your space to make that available for all people. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, you just you you did it quick, but I was going to close with some contact info for people that mm -hmm. would like to reach out to your uh, respective pride organizations. Best ways to do that, King Carden. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We have a new website. Uh, email is kincardenpride at gmail dot com or messaging through one of the social media uh, apps. 
Perfect. And Tim? Yeah. So we're also on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Our website is HuronCountyPride.ca. And the email is actually reversed. It's PrideHuronCounty <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> PrideHuronCounty at gmail.com. You got it. Perfect. Tim Damon, Godrich, Fort Papalia, King Carden. Thank you so much for coming in, being so vulnerable, and sharing all the exciting things that are happening with Pride in both Huron and Bruce. Yeah, thank well, you thank so much. Thank you very much for uh, for having us. Yeah, thanks a bunch. Hey, before we go this week, I want to take a moment just to say thank you for listening. Special thanks to my son, Lion, at Lion X Productions for the theme music. I kind of love it, if I'm honest. He's a super talented dude in all things media, websites, social, video, film, and yes, music, all the things. Connect with him at lionx.org. It's L-Y-O-N-X.org. Also, we try to support our chats every week with a photo blog to give you just a little bit more of a visual on the things we're discussing. And we like taking pictures. You can find that at our radio station page. It's cool945.ca cool945.ca to find the A Life That's Good photo page. Click on On Air. Then in the menu that drops down, click my name, Phil Main, and that will take you to a library where you can choose the pictures that you want to look at. Oh, and one more thing before I take off this week, and I don't know why it's hard to ask this, but if there's anything here that you like, anything at all, We would love your help making this new adventure work. If you would please follow or subscribe to our podcast, and you can do that by going to the main show page. Just hit the plus sign or click follow. That would mean so much to us. While you're here, feel free to give us a rating or a review or a suggestion. We would also love it if you would share an episode that you like with a friend. This project and you, it means a lot to us, and we want to celebrate a life that's good in Midwestern Ontario. We can't imagine doing that without you. Thanks again so much for being here.